0: So as I'm sure you probably know, the World Cup is on in Qatar right now. Probably the most watched sporting event on the planet happens every four years. And so the stakes are incredibly high, clearly. And every four years, you watch two teams battle it out for 90 minutes first, then some extra time, another half an hour of extra time. And then after that, they stop playing. They go to what's called penalty kicks. The game is literally decided over the course of usually just five penalty kicks. Whoever you know, kicks scores the most wins. And it seems like an awfully cruel and arbitrary way to end what has been a titanic contest. But it's a very demanding game, so they can't play on forever, right? And this has always been the way that it's been done. Um, and it happened again today. In fact, both quarterfinals today ended in penalty kicks. One of them was spectacular for, for many, many reasons. Tiny Croatia, who played against Canada in the preliminary round. We, of course, are at home. I don't know if you're still watching. It's still happening. Uh, they were finalists in 2018, which is remarkable for a country of, I think, three and a half million people, smaller than Alberta. Um, they knocked off Brazil today, the perennial powerhouse, always a favorite going in. They beat them in penalty kicks. And the reason why that's so remarkable is that they beat Japan in the last round in penalties. They lost in the final in Russia in 2018. Prior to that, they won their previous two matches in penalties. Croatia had never been in a penalty shootout in the previous four World Cups they had played in. And now they've won four in a row. And it gets you thinking, maybe it's not such a crap shoot after all, because it's often seen as being a bit of a crapshoot. Um There's clearly a ton of science to it these days because so much of the analytics and there's so much technology in sport and psychology in sport now that there's a lot more to it. I mean, there's a lot of information, but it really, penalty kicks in soccer are like watching human frailty on a giant screen because you think this player has to have scored a billion times and they're going to miss this. They're going to miss this kick. You can feel it the way they walk up to address the ball. You think this isn't going in. And you're often right, without knowing anything about it. Now, we can't play you audio from the World Cup because the restrictions, FIFA's restrictions, are pretty intense. But we will play you a comedy one that sort of approximate approximates what it's all about.
1: He yells up again for the second attempt, looking to make it 2-0. He approaches the ball with some determination. Here he goes. Oh, Ooh, it's high and wide, way off target. Yes, apparently he thought he was kicking a field goal. <laughs>
0: Wrong kind of football, I'd say. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, that's a, that's a comedy one. So what is the key to success? How can it prove to be so challenging for professional athletes and forget soccer, I mean, soccer as well, but free throws and basketball penalty shots and hockey. I mean, these are where the, the odds are a bit more even, but these are incredibly intense moments psychologically for athletes. And it got me thinking again today, are penalty kicks as much about the mind as they are about the foot who better. To talk about this, than my next guest, Alex Hodgins, is a mental performance coach who coached with the Canadian women's soccer team at the Olympics in 2016 and in 2020. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you for having me. I know this is a bit of a bit of one, but I'm sure you must feel the same way. Every time I watch penalty kicks, I'm like, wow, that must be the worst feeling to be that guy who misses or that woman who misses. Um, I, I imagine you probably saw a bit of the two matches today, at least the replays. Once again, the, the miracle, you know, sort of the oddity of the penalty kick.
1: Uh, absolutely. I, I mean, my my anxiety today, my heart rate was was up uh, extreme levels just watching it as a fan uh, of the sport. So you can imagine what the player is actually going through in that moment.
0: Exactly. So So tell me a bit about the psychology of it because I know that there is just volumes of data that players can rely on now. They must have, they must know everything about the goalie they're facing. The goalie must know everything about the shooter and yet, it feels like it comes down to the mind.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I, there's been a, a lot of a research of late and a lot of good information has been put in, out there that everyone knows about. As you said, there's you know what the goalie tends to do, what the shooter tends to do, where their preferred location to shoot is or where they're most comfortable. But at the same time, there is that element of, actually being able to do what you plan to do and that changes dramatically from a training session to being in a stadium with 65,000 people and then another I'm not sure 200 million people watching worldwide Um, that pressure is hard to replicate in a training um, environment so being able to actually deliver in my opinion really comes down to more of the psychological aspect than the technical because these guys as you sort of said in your opener there they can they can probably make that shot 10 out of 10 times and under most circumstances
0: yeah 10 out of 10 i would think and and you're right you know and the, and the weight of your entire country on you as well and i guess the fear of not wanting to be that person who misses that's why we always feel i always feel so bad for the person who ultimately misses the final kick you know they always have that that shot of that one with their hands their hands in their head um their hands on their head looking like you know they've just like it's going to define them (laughs) somehow as a sports psychologist you know doing what you do how do you how do you address that with athletes
1: yeah i mean it's it's a good question i think the main thing without sounding too cliche is in those moments you're really trying to control what you can right so there's a what we use a term in our field is like a signal versus a noise. And, and we try to train athletes to pay attention to the signals. So in soccer, for example, you know, it's, it's the decision of where you want to kick it. So that's a good signal having a clear target. I encourage them to have the smallest possible target they could think of. Uh, Cause that really sort of narrows their attention in on that. Uh, they have a routine, you know. If, for example, if you watch the the Olympic games with the Canadian women's national team, we had a yeah. one of our players named Jessie Fleming made two very critical kicks in the semifinals and the final um, yes. match. And if you watch what she did and and kind of spliced them side by side, you'd see the exact same pattern that she used walking back from the ball, how many steps she took, um, how she collected herself, how she took a breath. It was almost Uh, to the second of what she did and how she collected herself. So that's another controllable or another signal that you can pay attention to. Um, And then the third thing I would say that part of it is just trust, trust and commitment. You know, you've got to really trust your decision. At the end of the day, you're trying to score and the goalie's trying to save it. If you do everything you can and you put the ball exactly where you planned on and wanted to and the goalie saves it, well, that's sort of the heartbreak of sport. But you've controlled what you can. Um, now, the other side is there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of distractions, and if you get your attention sort of shifts away to those things and the what-ifs and what's the country going to think if I fail and what are my loved ones going to et cetera, well, yeah. a lot more of a difficult scenario to execute under those those circumstances.
0: Yeah, Jesse Fleming was remarkable at the Olympics, and I'm cool as a cucumber, but, I mean, who knows what's going on inside, right? It's just the ability to focus that seems so so admirable when you watch it from afar especially if you're not an athlete anywhere near that caliber
1: absolutely and a lot of that is is comes down to training and preparation you know you need to we did a lot of work on preparing for that moment and doing our best to make as much of a replication of that so it would transfer to you know an olympic finals and I'm glad we put that effort in we we explained the psychology behind it we explained how they should approach kicks some of the things they need to develop individually even things from a team standpoint, how they feel connected, because imagine walking from the center line all the way to the net by yourself and what's going through your head. So how do you create connection with your teammates in that moment so you don't feel isolated and alone? There's a lot of things that, that went into it. And I think Croatia is demonstrating um, how well you can do it consistently, not just in this World Cup, but in previous as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're right. When you think about the whole setup for the soccer penalty kick in those incredibly dramatic moments, it's all set up to put pressure on on the spot kick, right? The the long walk, everyone watching, the camera zeroing in on that one person. Unlike hockey, there's no helmet. You're there. You're You're standing essentially stark out in the middle of this field. It must be just an unbelievable, um, unbelievable situation. What about the goalies? Because they always look like they're having fun, actually.
1: Well, I mean, the reality is the player's technically supposed to score. You know, you look at that, especially those that don't know much about it. So you look at it, I think, wow, that net is huge. Like, how do you miss the shot, right? So you're kind of, as a player, you're expected to score. So that adds a little, the shooter, sorry, is expected to score. So that adds a little bit more. And the goalies can have a little bit more fun with it. You know, they're they're moving around. They can dance along the line. They can, their, their objective is to try to distract and disrupt the, you know, the attention of of that shooter and, and see what they can do to play a little bit of what you'd call like a head game or psychological warfare, if you will. And so I, I do think they have a little bit more fun. I mean, they're, they're under a lot of pressure. There's a ton of stress associated with them. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's different for sure.
0: Yeah. How, how do you how do you coach them about getting into a good frame of mind, right there? Because clearly it's the opposite of what you're trying to get. Maybe not the opposite, but the shooter has to be very. Disciplined and focused. Meanwhile, the uh, the goalie is just trying to get them out of that groove, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I think one from a
1: preparation standpoint, you want as a goalie, you want to be familiar with who's shooting and where they tend to shoot, and, and familiarize yourself with that aspect. And then another part of it is there's there's some pretty good research to suggest that the longer a player takes to shoot the less likely they are to score because of dad's think time, which can increase heart rate. And as you can imagine, all those things you probably don't want. Right. So one of the things we worked on with, with Canada's goalkeeper is how do you actually force the opposition shooter to take longer to shoot? So if you watched in, again, in Tokyo, our right. goalkeeper, Steph Labbe would, would walk up, she would smile at them, she would slowly walk back to her net, and that 's just creating more think time for for the shooter, and that is an advantage to the goaltender in my in my opinion because it 's creating more more think time, more lag time for them to stand there isolated by themselves and maybe ruminating over what could happen so that that 's maybe one of the tools that a goalkeeper could use as well to, to create a little bit of an advantage
0: Alex, it sounds like chess, it sounds like it 's all mind games. <laughs> It certainly is. It certainly is, but fun ones. I was thinking this must apply, Alex, to every other sport, too, when you watch people shooting free throws and hockey when it's penalty shots. It, there's just that element. I mean, there's always an element, I think, of psychology, as you, 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 will, you know much better than I do in all this. Uh, but that when it comes to that one-on-one competition, especially in team sports, that there is a whole strange dynamic going on. Well,
1: certainly there is, and there's there's a lot of different variety within different sports. You mentioned basketball and the free throw. Um, you mentioned the penalty shot in hockey, which is you know slightly different. I mean, it's a one versus one scenario, but there is movement. The player it's not a fixed location where you're delivering right. from. So the the hockey player is actually coming down towards the net. So there is some variability, but there's ton of crossover in all of those scenarios.
0: Yeah, when you look ahead to um to the rest of this world cup. I mean I guess it must bring back memory, memories of Canada's incredible run in Japan too because it just boils down to two very evenly matched teams often not always and then just that moment like who's going to be able to survive the pressure at the end.
1: Oh, absolutely. And and those that don't, you know, same similar there's a lot of research on how to how to deliver well and there's also uh, some research on what what factors into not being able to deliver in those moments and and what happens. And I think your point about uh, the fact that it's sort of a one-v-one situation, it's pretty controlled for the most part. Like how often in sports do you get to like stand and put the ball exactly where you want and set it up the way, you know, that doesn't really happen in a fluid game. So what happens is in a a moment like that, when the pressure starts to rise, our our instincts actually is to try to over-control something that we can do automatically. So actually think, for example, in, in golf, it might be like really thinking about how to take the club back away from the ball and how your shoulders should turn. And there's a lot of thinking that goes into something that you could just do naturally on repeat. And same with soccer, you know, which, which part of my foot do I need to hit this at? Whereas if you just put the ball down, locked up and shot it, you know, like I said before, 10 of the 10 times, these guys would put it exactly where they wanted to. So it becomes that
0: over-control aspect that actually gets in the way. Tell me about the chip shot, the so-called panenka, because I've always been those are when the player just walks up and sort of walks up quite quickly, looks like they're about to drill the ball and then casually just sort of lifts it, sort of gives it a little chip shot into the net, and you think, oh, if you miss that, and I've seen them missed, it's, it's humiliating, but when it works, it looks great. Yeah. I mean,
1: like, like you said, it looks great. And that when you miss it, everyone in the world goes,
0: why would they ever
1: do that? That's, yeah. that was, that was ridiculous. Why not just hit it as hard as you could? I, I would liken that one more to like the change up in baseball where right. the idea is to get the goalie moving, you know, and, and, a, and you sort of change up the rhythm of it. So they kind of expect something faster coming at them. They, and a lot, keep in mind, a lot of the goalies job is to anticipate. So they're generally guessing a direction in advance. So you're sort of trying to lead them in a certain way and then just trying to chip it. And sometimes it chipped right down the middle, nice and slow, and the goalies already over committed, committed to a direction.
0: Look it up on, uh, on YouTube if you want. 1976, Czechoslovakia. I believe they beat West Germany. And it was uh, Panenka was his name, and he delivered this little chip shot in the penalty was People were like, what was that? Uh, Alex, <laughs> Alex Hodges, thank you so much. This really is as much about the mind as it is about the foot. I was I'm glad I'm glad you shared that with us. Fascinating stuff. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.